0: Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com.
1: Welcome in to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks so much for being with me here on Friday, July the 3rd. Hope you're all ready for a... A weekend anyway. I don't know how good the weather is going to look. It looks like a uh, mix of sun and cloud 25 on Saturday, sunny skies, and 26 on Sunday. So, uh, you know, relatively speaking, not too bad. Not too bad. So get out and enjoy because, uh, yeah, it's been a long extended period of uh You know some not-so-ideal weather conditions here in the interior. And while sticking with that, on today's show, uh, I caught up earlier today with the mayor of Revelstoke. Just like the majority of us, the community has been experiencing its fair share of wet weather and heavy rain through the day on Wednesday in the interior caused the Trans-Canada Highway to close near the community. The highway was reopened this morning to single-lane traffic, but the situation caused hundreds to be stuck in the community overnight, and it is continuing to result in congestion for those looking to leave. But we'll check in with Revelstoke Mayor Gary Solz in just a little bit to see how the community is handling this extensive rain situation and the resulting highway closure. Also on the show, ride hailing has officially started here in Kamloops. Yeah, Caboo Ride began offering its services on Canada Day. And well, COVID-19, of course, resulted in a different celebration than we're used to. The company thought that the holiday Wednesday would be a good day to start, but... Given that people weren't out and about as much as a typical holiday, it did result in a little bit slower business than perhaps was anticipated. I caught up with the Cabo Ride spokesperson Martin Vendenhemel, to talk a little bit about its launch, how it went, and what is is expecting as we head into the first weekend of July. But to begin today's show, well, now that we are into the month of July, we're officially halfway through 2020. And so far, it looks like we are on pace here in Camloops for another record year of construction value. Joining me now to talk more about the situation is building and engineering manager, Jason Dixon. Jason, how are you doing here today? I'm well, Jeff. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. So let's just start here by looking at uh, last month, of course, the month of June, down a little bit in terms of number of permits issued compared to June of 2019. But it looks like you are still continuing to see values remaining quite strong here.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah, from a construction value point of view, very strong month, $69.9 million uh, compared to 50.5 in June of 2019. Um, Really a couple of big, big permits that went out uh, the door uh, in June. One was a $14.1 million permit for works that are happening at the Canada Games pool right now. The other was a $45.6 million permit that went out for the Royal Inland Hospital patient care tower. And that was for the interior sort of com- fit out, if you will, from sort of the lower parking level up to level three.
1: Yeah, and then just kind of looking at year to date in terms of that uh, industrial or commercial industrial construction values, I mean, a $45 million permit here for the patient care, care tower, that's that's uh, more than half of the total value for the year. Yeah. Well, yeah. For Well, we're
2: at a hundred and, uh, are you thinking, um, so just, just value in the, for the year? Just oh, in Oh, yes. The, just in that category. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, we always knew that the patient care tower would be a really big, big series of permits this year. And we'd always said we were likely to set a record, but that that project in and of itself would likely skew the numbers. Um, But as I forecast through sort of what we still have going, or or what we still have in process some applications that are underway, I'm kind of wondering now when we get to the end of the year, even if we take the value of that patient care tower out, it might still be a pretty strong year in comparison to some of the previous ones. Maybe not a record, um, but um, still strong construction values for sure.
1: And one of the things that I kind of noticed here looking at uh, just the month of June, it looks like in terms of residential construction, it looks like things are starting to slow down a bit. Um, Is that a fair assessment, I guess, as we head into the summer?
0: I... I don't know if it's as we
2: head into summer, I know we've talked the last couple of months about a bit of a slowing on single family dwellings, duplexes, multifamily, single type units. We weren't seeing as many applications there. We were seeing more additions, alterations, swimming pools. We kind of talked about that mm-hmm. as it related to the COVID pandemic. I think you're starting to see that a little bit in the stats. Um, it's interesting though that we've still continued to be really strong in those more compact housing types, apartments, um, that multifamily high density. Uh, when you look at the units created uh, year to date, we're at 492 dwelling units year to date permitted versus 272 at this time last year. So it's really continuing that shift in housing types uh, uh, um, and a lot of strength in that high density type market.
1: And just to kind of, I guess, take a snapshot of the first six months here of this year. I mean, we've talked about this before. And I know, um, you know, before COVID-19 hit, it was looking like it was going to be a record year. And we kind of didn't really know exactly what the impact of the pandemic was going to be. But the numbers just continue to remain strong. We've talked about this throughout the pandemic that, you know, things haven't really changed a whole lot. We haven't seen a downturn in construction. And obviously, this is uh, laid out here in the stats and proves to be good news, I would assume for the City of Kamloops.
2: Yeah, I think it's really good news for the city that, that things have remained strong. We we have seen a, a slowdown in certain aspects of the construction industry, but other aspects have continued to remain really strong. Looking at what we have for applications and permits that are being processed, I, we have you know some more big projects that will be, be issued um, shortly, either in July or, or later into the summer. Um, yeah, I fully expect we're going to break a record construction value. Uh, with with the the hospital project included but even without the hospital project included i'm thinking it's going to be a strong year either way uh it's really good news
1: do you have a, a lot of uh, projects in the queue right now waiting to get permits still i know that's something we had talked about here as we uh you know went into summer and, and kind of went through uh, the months of, of may and june that there was a lot of stuff that remained in the queue uh, is that still the case here as we're into july now
2: yeah we're still working through some big permits um in the queue on the commercial side the you know big permits do take a fair bit of time to work through there's a lot of a lot of and forth of information making sure everything's correct we have seen over the last two to three weeks um, an increase on the residential side we're starting to see more applications come in still lots of additions and alterations but we've also started to see more in the way of um, single-family type units and and that sort of thing um, pick up again so yeah it's it's busy we are very busy
1: um, is there any specific projects you can think of off the top of your head that, you know, might drive uh, those permit values again as we move into July and move through August? Is there anything that, uh, you know, you can tell us about right now that uh, will will be coming up soon?
2: Well, we do have one more really big permit for the patient care tower. It's kind of the last permit that'll be for the building itself. Um, I expect that to be finished, processed and, and issued in the next month or two. Um, We just finished processing the permit for the Valley View Secondary School, so I imagine that will be picked up and show up in the stats for July. That's a big permit. Um, The HIVE project that we're all familiar with downtown, um, they've made an application, um, so that one will be processed uh, not too long. They've got their Earthworks permit now, so they're starting on that, but the building itself will be coming shortly. yeah. So those three alone are, are big projects in and of themselves.
1: Wow. Okay. So it's a lot still to look forward to here as we move through 2020. Uh, I think that's probably all for right now here, Jason. Just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to highlight another strong start to the year here. Six months in, things are still looking really good, despite the fact that COVID-19 kind of had, uh, you know, us a little bit, uncertain about what things might look like but still remain strong uh, permit totals in terms of just sheer number of permits issued down a little bit compared to 2019 um but you know we're talking uh like less than 50 compared to the year prior so um you know things are looking strong almost on par in terms of numbers and and still well ahead here in terms of value 30 million dollars ahead of last year in terms of value so looking like a, a real strong 2020 here in Camloops. you got it it really does look like it's going to be a good year Awesome. Well, thanks so much for the time, Jason. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. That was Jason Dixon, building and engineering manager for the city of Kamloops. And I'll just give a quick recap of sort of where we are. A lot of numbers here, so it may be difficult to follow, but I'll try my best to kind of keep it simple. So just in terms of overall numbers, so through the month of June, there were 129 permits issued in June 2020 worth just under $70 million. And of course, like you were mentioning here, Jason was mentioning earlier, that's really driven by one $45.5 million permit for the patient care tower there at Royal Inland Hospital. So that's a significant portion of the construction value here for the month of June in Kamloops and uh, overall 129 total permits issued as well. Compare that to 148 total permits issued in June of 2019 and the value there was 50 and a half million. And year to date so far 693 total permits have been issued in 2020 compared to 735 through the first 6 months of 2019 and value up just over 30 million dollars when compared to total construction value of 2019 so in this first six months of 2020 178.7 million dollars in construction value here going on in the city of Kamloops so yeah well on our way to another record year of construction of course things can change over the course of this summer over the course of the next few months and into winter as well but at this time it looks like we're on pace for another record well, let's take a quick break here. And when I come back, I'm going to be catching up with the mayor of Revelstoke, Gary Souls. Yeah, of course, a wet couple of days here has uh, resulted in some some highway closures for the community, and it's left a lot of people stranded in Revelstoke, trying to get in, trying to get out. What's the impact on the community right now? Well, we're gonna talk with Gary after the break, so stick around and more Jeff Andrea show is coming up. <laughs>
0: listening to Jeff Andreas on Radio NL 6, 10 a.m. News Talk and Radio NL.com.
1: Welcome back into to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks for being with me here on Friday, July the 3rd. Uh, Revelstoke has had quite an interesting last 24 plus hours here. Heavy rain throughout the day Wednesday in the Southern interior caused the Trans-Canada highway to close near the community. The highway was reopened this morning to single lane traffic, but the situation caused hundreds to be stuck in the community overnight and it is continuing to result in some congestion for those trying to leave. Joining me now on the line is the mayor of Revelstoke, Gary Sells. Mr. Mayor, how are you doing here today?
3: I'm good, I'm good Jeff. How are you?
1: Ah, not too bad. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time. So, I'll just start by asking you to kind of describe the situation in your community right now. How can you best describe what's going on?
3: Uh, busy. <laughs> that, that would be the best thing. A uh, highway is open, alternating traffic. People are on the scene making sure that everyone's safe. There is still some water flowing across the road. Uh, but people are getting through, and now the road is open between Golden and Revelstoke. It was closed during the night so that uh, Revelstoke wasn't overwhelmed. 10 o'clock pacific time this morning that was open so people uh, coming from uh, golden will be getting in here before noon and uh, be able to carry on. So
1: how are things looking then in terms of getting the situation completely cleaned up? I understand obviously things are starting to flow a little bit but there's obviously some work that still needs to be done to get things uh, fully repaired.
3: Yeah, so uh, people are out there working our MCON services and our Ministry of Transport Infrastructure out there. Uh, the water level went down about two meters overnight, which was a bonus. They're able to divert some of the water. The water that's running now is clear. Uh, as of probably uh, 10 o'clock this morning, it was still about eight inches of deep running across the road, but they could get single lane alternating traffic through there at a slow pace engineers were out there this morning to just look at the road surface, make sure it was safe the culverts are open and uh, and make sure that the underlying road surface under the asphalt was safe so that it wasn't going to break down and, and cause more more problems. so we feel confident that they've got that in hand at present.
1: okay, do you expecting uh, you know work to continue throughout the course of the weekend I guess as, as you try to fully repair this situation?
3: They'll carry on for as long as it takes to make sure everything is safe and dry. Uh, we still have some uh, wet weather in the forecast, and it's starting to rain lately here in Rubblestoke. so uh, that could be problematic as we move forward, or uh, it could just be in town and we're, we're good at the site. It's about 15 kilometers uh, west of Revelstoke.
1: Okay. Um, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Gary, but I understand there was a section of highway as well that was closed, despite not having really any issues, just to keep people away from Revelstoke, as you were already experiencing such a high volume of visitors. Is is that the case?
3: Yeah, that's correct. We had the highway closed between Revelstoke and Golden through uh, most of the night. I uh, think it closed nine or ten p.m. Pacific time last night, and that opened up again this morning at uh, ten a.m. So twelve hours of. Uh, of having the road through the Rogers Pass closed. And if you looked at the webcams, there was no traffic. There was some uh, trucks in Rogers Pass and uh, and uh, some of the other snowshed areas where it was wide enough to park trucks. And they were there for the night uh, waiting for the road to open.
1: Now, uh, of course, we are in a a pandemic here, Gary, and of course it's impacted tourism a great deal. Perhaps this isn't the ideal way to go about getting tourists to your community, but is this in any way maybe a a good story for your community in terms of uh, the the economic spinoffs that could result from having people you know, really stuck in Revelstoke for a period of time?
3: Well, I'm sure that uh, most restaurants and hotels were uh, were busy throughout the night last night. Uh, There was still some people who were Parked along the side of the road and maybe further out uh, that were stuck for the night. But for the most part, those who were able to find accommodation uh, did, and those who were able to eat uh, were able to find a restaurant that was open. So, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. But of course, because of the physical limiting, uh, um, restaurants uh, are at about half capacity as far as getting people in. So. Here in the community, we've expanded and allowed them to go out onto the street, under the decks to allow full capacity. So, uh, yeah, I think it would, be, it would be okay for our community throughout the night, last night.
1: Now, uh, of course, I mean, you're talking about having some people outside, it sounds like, when they are going to those restaurants and places. Uh, maybe not the ideal weather, but uh, I guess there wasn't much of a choice, right? If, if you were in the community and you were stuck there, you, you probably had to just brave the rain a little bit, too.
3: Yep. Yeah, that's exactly it. And uh, we've seen that for the last few days where it's been some pretty heavy rain. And uh, uh, today is a bonus. It's light rain and hopefully for some sunshine for the weekend.
1: Oh, I've been hoping for sunshine for it feels like a month now. And it just hasn't seemed to (laughs) to stick around for any length of time anyway. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we'll get some better weather here moving forward. Um, Any message, I guess, uh, here, Gary, for people who are maybe planning to head or are thinking about heading your way this weekend?
3: Uh, come on out. Just make sure the roads are open, and make sure you've got a place to stay, and uh, and uh, carry on. I think that's the best thing. We're welcoming everyone who comes to the community, but please make sure you have uh, a place to stay so you're not stranded.
1: Perfect. And and just what are you, um, you know, kind of experiencing right now, uh, just from a general tourism perspective? I mean, obviously, we were telling people to stay away from communities for the most part, right? If you don't live there, uh, try not to go there. Uh, as we go through COVID-19, are you starting to see things pick back up now that we are into phase three of this BC restart plan?
3: Oh, yeah. It's uh, beginning to be fairly busy. Jeff, We're seeing lots of tourists come through. People uh, wanted to get out, and uh, so they're seeing tourists from other provinces. Plus, people from British Columbia are just wanting to get out and uh, and kind of breathe some air in a different community so that they didn't feel that they are disconnected.
1: And, and what's uh, there to do in the community? Obviously, you know, a lot of things would have shut down and, and maybe just had uh, limited capacity. Are you starting to see a lot more activities start to be available to people who are visiting Revelstoke?
3: Yes, uh, so definitely mountain biking's open, so a lot of the trails, uh, Revelstoke Mountain Resort's open, so the pipe roller coaster is available for people to enjoy. Uh, trails on the mountain, you can take your mountain bike up uh, gondolas, there's uh, paddle boarding, uh, all kinds of things open for people. Uh, come on, experiencing it, um, and just see what's available when you get here.
1: Perfect. Well, obviously, people do need to plan ahead if they are heading that way just because of, uh, you know, who knows what to expect, I guess, in terms of traffic. But uh, glad to see things are starting to clear up and glad to see the community starting to open up as well and starting to see some visitors. So hopefully the weather, uh, you know, cooperates and and we'll start to have a, you know, a sunnier couple of days ahead. But uh, thank you so much for your time here, Mr. Mayor. really appreciate it.
3: You're very welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Take care.
1: All right. You too. That is the mayor of Revelstoke, Gary Souls, And just to re- reiterate here, the Trans-Canada Highway is back open west of Revelstoke after flooding caused it to close for more than a full day. Uh, it is open to a single lane of uh, alternating traffic. Drive BC says to expect heavy delays between Sycamus and Revelstoke because of congestion. So, yeah, a lot of people still trying to get in and out of the community right now. And as mentioned there, earlier in the interview, of course, um, they had to actually just shut down a section of highway. Because... They couldn't take any more people, and there was just getting to be too many people in the community of Revelstoke, so it had to shut things down just to keep people away as it tried to, you know, accommodate those who were already there waiting for the highway to reopen, and of course now it has around 9.30 this morning reopened, and, um, you know, starting to see some people start to move as well, so that's good news, Uh, but definitely if you are planning to go visit that way or drive that way in any way, uh, make sure you plan ahead and and expect some delays as well, Uh, it looks like it'll, it'll take a little while to get everything fully cleared. Back up and as mentioned there of course lots to do if you are heading that way now as we are now well into phase three of the BC restart plan. All right well let's take a quick break here and when I come back well ride hailing it officially launched here in Kamloops on Canada Day. We're two days in and we're ready for the first full weekend of Cabu ride services here in Kamloops what do we have in store? Well we're going to catch up with the uh, spokesperson for Caboo ride after this so stick around and the Jeff Andreas show will be right back. Welcome back in to the Jeff Andrea Show. Thanks for being with me here on this Friday, July the 3rd. Now, Caboo Ride launched in Kamloops on Canada Day, the first ride-hailing company to make its way here to our community. I caught up with Caboo Ride spokesperson Martin Vendenhamel to discuss how its launch went and what we can expect from the company now moving forward.
0: It was definitely a very quiet first day, and I think there was a confluence of events, Um, Obviously, it was Canada Day, and you know, a month ago, Canada Day seemed like the perfect day to launch Ride Healing because it was a celebration. Uh, but the, it was inclement weather, and so I think I think that's the reason why it was very very quiet on on Canada Day. We definitely saw uh, more business yesterday, uh, which was great. Got some amazing feedback from the people that got into our vehicles. They were surprised it was that quick. That the vehicles were so nice. Um, um, and and uh, uh, that our drivers were so polite, which was great. Uh, plus, we've got an incredible t- team of drivers. One of our drivers was was on Canada today. It was very quiet and um, he didn't it wasn't dispiriting for him, which is great. So what he did, and he didn't have to, we, did, we certainly didn't ask him to, we, we'd given our drivers some business cards so they could hand out to the customers. Well, he did he did better than that. He actually since he wasn't getting any rides, he actually got out of his vehicle and went to places where he saw there was activity and he was handing out his business cards, not his business cards, but Kaboo's business cards. So, you know what, it's, it's, it's baby steps. Um, uh, yesterday was better than July 1st, for sure. And today is Friday. And um, so we're very hopeful that more people will be get going out for dinner, potentially going to the pub, potentially getting together with friends Uh, while doing some physical distancing or doing so with masks and and behaving um, uh, in a manner that's prescribed by the province, right, Uh, Mm -hmm. responsibly. So, uh, you know, we think tonight is going to be definitely our best night uh, of the three.
1: Yeah, and I guess just for a note to people who are looking to utilize your services, what what should people keep in mind before giving Caboo a call? Like, what sorts of um, uh, like COVID nineteen precautions, I guess, do people have to remember before they actually get in a vehicle?
0: The number one thing is they must have a mask with them, and we we're trying we've been trying to get that message out since before we launched, um, and um, we need to get that word out, do a better job of it, because we had. Um, a couple of nurses, uh, two or three nurses get into one of our vehicles yesterday and they didn't have a mask. And luckily our drivers uh, have a a limited quantity of masks with them. And of course our drivers are concerned about their own safety as well. So our drivers had the masks um, to these nurses uh, that didn't have masks with them. And um, they were pleasantly surprised that that was the opportunity they had. The vehicle they got into had uh, what we call a Cabu Care Shield, which is a, a... our version of a sneeze guard to to add another another level of of, of safety um uh, to the trips so number one like like i said uh, to get into our vehicles you have to have a mask
1: Okay, yeah, that's definitely important for people to know then. I mean, was there a lot of situations? I mean, you said you've been pretty limited so far just because it's kind of been a slow couple of first days uh, in operation, but, um, you know, have people had to be turned away? Did you hear any reports about people not being allowed in a vehicle because they didn't have that PPE?
0: So all of our drivers uh, have been provided a limited quantity of masks, and these masks were really for the driver's use. Um, But our drivers, you know what, they're, they're good customer service people, and since they have the extra ones with them, um, and they, they're concerned about their own safety, obviously, they handed it the, um uh, to the passengers. Um, so I know of only one instance so far where passengers have tried to get into our vehicle without a mask. And like I said, we supplied that, dealt with that situation. Um, I don't know of any other examples where, where there were issues like that.
1: Okay. Well, that's that's a good start anyway, for sure. And, and like you said, you're so fresh that, you know, people are definitely going to be continuing to learn as this process sort of unrolls. Um, I guess just how many drivers do you have on the road right now in Kamloops? Do you know? So tonight
0: we anticipate having a half a dozen drivers um, parked in strategic locations so we get as much coverage um, of the city as possible. Um, but we've got another half a dozen that are very, very close to um, to joining the system. So we anticipate by mid-month that we'll have um, 12, maybe even 15 drivers uh, working a, a combination of part-time and full-time.
1: Perfect. And then I guess just one more question before I let you go here, but uh, just for those listening who maybe are interested in being a a Caboo ride um, driver for you guys, uh, how do do they go about applying? What do they need to know? So they can
0: download the Caboo driver app um, at the App Store or Google Play. At the bottom of the launch screen, um, there's a a button they can tap, uh, which says uh, apply to be a driver. And then they can start filling out the forms. Uh, They have to show us that they have either a Class 1, Class 2, or Class 4 license. They have to upload a a passport-quality photo of themselves, um, vehicle photos, uh, their driver's abstract, um, vehicle inspection form, and their vulnerable sector criminal record check as well.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Well, Martin, thank you so much for the time here. Appreciate it, and uh, yeah, hopefully the the weekend continues to see uh, more and more interest come to uh, your services. Appreciate the time. Yeah, we, def- we definitely see good things ahead. There you go. There's a spokesperson for Caboo Ride, Martin Vanden Helmel, talking about the service, of course, which launched here in Kamloops on Canada Day. That's Wednesday. Been a slow first couple of days. Not overly surprising, given the fact that, you know, we are going through COVID-19. We didn't have those typical Canada Day celebrations that we're normally used to, so less people out and about probably on that holiday Wednesday than what would normally be the case. I think that's pretty safe to say, and uh, you know, just the weather, of course, has not been cooperating. I know I keep complaining about the weather, but I can't help it. I can't help it. It hasn't been cooperating cooperative it hasn't been nice i want some sun and i want to be able to go out and then of course once i go out there's a better chance i'm going to be calling someone for a ride and that would involve you know caboo ride it could be um, cami cabs there's lots of people out there that are willing to uh, give you a lift and there's no shortage of opportunities as well so definitely uh, something to to pay attention to as we move forward download that app if you're looking for those ride hailing services cab companies are still out there as well and uh, more competition i think is is better for everybody At least that's my opinion. All right, I'm going to take one last break here, but uh, some big news out of the National Football League today. Yeah, the Washington Redskins announced they're undergoing a thorough review of the team's names. We'll get into that story a little bit after this, so stick around.
0: Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff
1: Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Andrea Show here on Friday. Now, some big news, at least I think it's big news, out of the Nashville fo- National Football League today, yeah, the Washington Redskins announced that they are undergoing a thorough review of the team's name. They released a statement here earlier today. I'll read that for you now. So it says, in light of recent events around our country and feedback from our community, the Washington Redskins are announcing the team will undergo a thorough review of the team's name. This review formalizes the initial discussions the team has been having with the league in recent weeks. Dan Snyder, owner of the team, stated, This process allows the team to take into account not only the proud tradition and history of the franchise, but also input from our alumni, the organization, sponsors, the NFL, and the local community it is proud to represent on and off the field. Now, Ron Rivera, head coach of the team, he was just hired here earlier this year. He also made some remarks saying, This issue is of personal importance to me, and I look forward to working closely with Dan Snyder to make sure we continue the mission of honoring and supporting Native Americans and our military. We believe this review can and will be conducted with the best interest of all in mind. So that's the statement they released here earlier today. Many are saying there would not be a review of the team's name like this if a change was not indeed in going to come. I still have some reservations about that. Now, of course, Native Americans have been questioning the use of the name and image since the 60s, but it really wasn't until the 90s that the issue received widespread attentions. Now, Native Americans demanding change include, you know, tribal nations, uh, national tribal organizations, civil rights organizations, as well as just individuals, people who are, you know, offended by the things that they see in the way that the name is still out there. Now, the largest of the organizations, the National Congress of American Indians, counted the enrollment of its member tribes total. 1.2 people in 2013, and according to the American Psychological Association of 2010, over 115 professional organizations representing civil rights, educational, athletic, and scientific experts have published resolutions or policies that state that the use of Native American names and/or symbols by non-native sports teams is a harmful form of ethnic stereotyping that promotes misunderstanding and prejudice, contributing to other problems faced by Native Americans so I mean I think that's pretty obvious um, if, if uh, you're like me you can understand where these these comments are coming from and the fact that they are you know somewhat offensive or very offensive depending on how you want to look at it I mean it's just something that we've heard a lot of complaints about but owner of the team Dan Snyder has been very resistant to any type of change talking about the tradition and uh, you know how you can't change it because it's such an old name and it's an old team and you don't want to ruin the tradition well Hopefully this review actually results in some change because enough people, I think, have raised their voice that it deserves some attention. But just to keep this in mind, uh, there is the possibility that nothing comes of this. In fact, today the Edmonton Eskimos announced they're keeping their team name. The CFL franchise announced it was keeping the Eskimos moniker following an extensive year-long formal research and engagement program with Inuit leaders and community members across Canada. The consistent feedback was a desire for more engagement with the club. Uh, That's from the team in a statement where it says there were a range of views regarding the club's name but no consensus emerged to support the name change the club has therefore decided to retain its name so of course there is still that possibility that the washington redskins can conduct a review but nothing ends up happening. But we'll have to just wait and see. All right, well, that wraps things up for me here today. I want to thank all my guests for joining me. And, of course, a big thank you to all of you for listening. And remember, whether you join me here for a short while or a long while, just know I enjoyed our time while it lasted. Enjoy your weekend, and I'll be back here on Monday at noon.